Welcome, everybody, to Supply Chain Insider, a new podcast series for material handling and logistics. I'm your host, Dave Blanchard, and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Material Handling Logistics, a brand that launched back in 1945 with the mission of helping companies get better at making, storing, and moving products. This podcast series will continue that mission through conversations with the best and brightest thought leaders in the supply chain field, as well as insights into the supply chain news and trends of the day. Thanks for joining us. And if you're new to us, please check us out at our website at mhlnews.com. And with that, let's get started. So normally at this time of year, I'd be in Chicago right now at McCormick Place for the annual ProMat Show, which is the biggest North American trade show devoted to material handling, logistics, and supply chain products and services. But even with the COVID vaccines being available now, we're still not quite back to normal yet. So this year, ProMat is an all virtual event, which brings us to this podcast interview with Michael Field, president and CEO of the Raymond Corporation, a manufacturer of forklifts and material handling equipment and part of the Toyota Industries Group. Raymond has won numerous awards in, in recent years, including two competitions that I've been involved with myself, Industry Week's Best Plants Award and the International Forklift of the Year Award. So we're thrilled and honored to be speaking again during ProMat, even if it's virtual, with Michael Field. So welcome to our podcast, and it's great to talk to you again, Michael. I think the last time we spoke, well, I'm pretty sure it was at the Modex show uh, just a little over a year ago in Atlanta, which was notable as maybe the very last or one of the very last major trade shows in any industry, because as we were getting ready to wrap up the show, the pandemic was declared and the, the show was emptied real fast. That was a strange, strange feeling. So we'll talk about the effects of COVID in a little bit, but first of all, let's just set the stage for our listeners. So for those who haven't already heard a little bit about your career, and, and I know I've interviewed you a couple of times in the past, but podcasts bring a whole new audience to, to the fore. So Michael, how did you get started in your career? How long have you been in the material handling industry and how did that all get started for you? Yeah, so it's it's hard for me to believe, but it's been more than 30 years at this point. So, you know, right back to the very beginnings, um, I grew up on an apple farm. And wow. I, believe it or not, probably started moving pallets about the same time that I learned to ride a bike. So, um, you know, we we're always moving materials. In that case, it was fruit. But um, it's kind of always been part of what I've done. Um, you know, I went on to, to engineering school because I, I like to fix things, design things, understand how things work more than anything. Um, I went to work for um, a company making compressors uh, for the air conditioning industry. And uh, I did that for about 10 years and did all sorts of design work and, and engineering management. Then I went back full-time um, to Boston University for a uh, master's in manufacturing engineering and an MBA um, in international operations. Um, I ended up working for a company called PRI Automation after I got my, my graduate degrees. 
Uh, did that for about 10 years, doing automated material handling systems for semiconductor process control and, and management. And then in 2004, um, I joined Raymond as the VP of engineering. And it's been kind of the, a great ride since then as we've gone and, and optimized our, our solutions, primarily fork-based, but solutions for material handling. So talking about material handling just in, in general, uh, you know, the last time we all have all gotten together was at, was at Modex a year ago, and we're not able physically to be all together this year. It'll probably be another year till next year's Modex. Um, how would you characterize the state of the, the market for material handling equipment right now? Has, has COVID seen you know, a, a great uptick in, in user interest or has uh, the industry kind of plateaued? Where, where are we right now? I just, just for a quick comment, Dave, I can remember as we were actually standing at, at Modex and we were, you know, doing our six feet apart. Uh, we weren't shaking right, hands, right. We doing hand sanitizer the whole time. So, um, you know, and that was kind of the, the beginning. And, you know, at that, that show, we were talking about um, our optimized connect automate approach for material handling. And really, I think our, our timing was probably good because uh, the need for the type of solutions that we've been developing uh, is stronger than ever. So, you know, e-commerce uh, driven growth due to people not being able to go places, um, maybe not wanting to go places in certain cases and wanting to order everything online uh, has dramatically increased changes in, in types of, of material handling growth to be able to do all of those touches um, for someone that would normally do quite a bit of material handling, whether they realize it or not, as they go to the grocery store or they go shopping someplace, they're picking up those goods, they're taking them to their home um, or place of work and, and using them. Whereas now everything shows up in a box uh, one way or another um, at your place of residence or, or at your business. And we need an awful lot of, of different types of equipment and an awful lot of of coordination to make that all work really well. So what, what sort of industry sectors, uh, just to give a uh, perspective on Raymond's cu uh, customers, what industry sectors have been most heavily invested in, in getting new equipment over the past year? You know, I think in, in most every case, it's just about every industry. Okay. Um, the, I think that the differentiator is which of those industries were hardest hit by, by COVID. So maybe the restaurant industry and, and, and restaurant supplies were, were pretty, pretty hard hit relative to this. Uh, at the same time, grocery and, and all of the other goods handling, dry goods as, as well as refrigerated goods, um, you know, have been very strong. Uh, capital equipment is now just taking off like crazy uh, because manufacturing needs uh, we're kind of on pause for a while and now are really taking off. So, you know, we're seeing growth in, in most sectors at this point. In terms of just pure supply chain decisions, uh, I kind of focus a lot on 
the whole supply chain from from the end to end. And I'm I'm always curious to know from your perspective because you're you're dealing with. I mean, my readers and your customers are pretty much the same people. From your perspective, what kind of impact has COVID, the whole pandemic situation, had? Is it is it causing people to take longer to make supply chain decisions? You know, not just uh, what type of products to order and, and, and manufacture, but how to stagger them out throughout the year or, you know, with the, the whole uh, hoarding mentality that we saw early when in the pandemic. Have you seen that that's changed supply chain decision-making? I, I think it, it really has in some fundamental ways. You know, people are really um, interested in ensuring supply. So, you know, the risk management part of the supply chain, I think, is, is really uh, front and center now. Um, you know, how people go about understanding what their supply strategy is, I think, is, is changed. Maybe, maybe becoming more scientific for some. Uh, for many, it's just plain urgent. <laughs> you know, they're, they're just, they're trying to, to be all over it. You know, from our standpoint, um, you know, we have lots of supply partners that that um, provide components and technology for us to, to build equipment and, and deliver solutions to customers. And we've spent an awful lot of time on, on communicating with those supply partners to ensure supply. Um, you know, being in an essential business, basically since day one, um, we've been producing products uh, since this time last year. Uh, full full bore ahead, and um, it's it's really not changed. And and I think a lot of our customers are facing those same challenges. You know, whether they're a e-commerce only type of of customer, or you know, our, our more conventional customers that are now having to evolve their methodologies and and supply as well as um, delivery uh, methods to interact well. Uh, with an e-commerce um, remote style of delivery. In terms of um, automation, automation's impact, particularly with with COVID, but even even beforehand, you know, we we have have written certainly extensively and and talked about it uh, at, at trade shows. I know it's a major topic at, at ProMats and Modex is throughout the years is the, the labor situation. Do you see that COVID has exacerbated the, the labor shortage or is, has, has it led to an increased interest in automated products and, you know, autonomous vehicles and, and those sorts of things that your company is involved in? I think, again, it, it has a lot to do with the risk management piece of it and the variability. Um, you know, the labor situation in a COVID environment can be unpredictable at best sometimes. Um, you know, you never know quite who is going to come down with it. And then, you know, what the quarantine situation will be relative to that and what it means for the overall facility uh, through cleaning or other things. So, you know, our focus is really on um, what I started with, which is that kind of optimize, connect, automate. Um, you know, we really see a lot of value in thoroughly understanding your processes, um, optimizing them, you know, make them as, as risk tolerant as possible, uh, connecting using lots of data 
uh, understand the processes, understand um, you know, how successful each of the different processes are uh, in the continuum from the delivery of goods uh, to a warehouse through the delivery of goods uh, to the end user. And then you know, the automate piece is, is vitally important to automate a process which has been optimized. Uh, we don't, you don't wanna automate a, uh, a process that it doesn't work that well in the first place because you'll just kind of do very suboptimal things faster <laughs> or more repeatedly. So, you know, our, our real focus is on, you know, helping people understand um, what their process is and making sure that the automation choices or the, the uh, semi-automation um, labor-enhancing technologies help operators to do things better. Um, you know, we spend an awful lot of time in our factories as, as part of Toyota Industries working on um, Toyota production systems, TPS. And, and it's really a lean management philosophy around, um, you know, how do you understand and visualize a process? How do you, you have uh, the ability to defect, excuse me, to detect defects in a process? And then, you know, what do you do about that? What are your, your root cause countermeasures to, to make those, those um, defects go away and not come back again? And that really is, you know, runs throughout our optimized connect automate methodology that we use with the Raymond Lean Management uh, training and, and approaches. Let's follow up on that a little bit, Michael. Um... I'm I'm very familiar with with Raymond from a number of different perspectives. One including including the, my perspective from uh, my work with Industry Week because uh, I know that both Toyota as well as Raymond are very well regarded and kind of the benchmark in, in some cases for the, your use of continuous improvement methodologies throughout all your manufacturing. Uh, so that's that's a it's a great story and you know your your recent winning of the Best Plants Award kind of is a testament to that. Uh, kind of want to ask you a, sort of a different question about continuous improvement. Um, has that, has, you, has your use of continuous improvement, the, the Toyota production system and, and uh, you know, the, the, all those processes, has that helped your company get through the pandemic? Have you been able to adapt some of the continuous improvement uh, philosophies and made it uh, you know, really work for you and, and get you through the pandemic, maybe in better shape than other companies? Um, definitely. It, it's kind of part of who we are at this point. So the minute that, you know, we're, we find that there is a process defect of any kind, you know, we, we want to understand it. We want to visualize it. And then we want to come up with countermeasures, both short-term and long-term, it will help us um, ensure that that doesn't happen again. And you know that is a perfect entree for the type of challenges that you have in a COVID, COVID environment um, you know, where transmission and detection are very important and being able to use tools um, such that you know, we know everyone's temperature before they enter the facility. Um, you know, we're able to understand um, you know, contact tracing and, and all of those different approaches um, it just fits right in very well with our overall uh, visualization of lean management approaches. And the other piece of it is I think that, you know, the associates and, and all the, the people that are part of the company 
feel better about it because they can they can see what's happening. You know, we're we're very open with with the data and and then making the data um, meaningful and and taking actions because of of the data and and decision making that that can come from that. So that's kind of been what we've we've been doing all along. You know, more than five years ago, we started our efforts. Um, we called it Factory to Field, where we took the, the learnings even at that point, five plus years ago, and started to apply them um, uh, into our sol solution and support centers um, and enable them to use the same type of, of approaches for optimization um, and connecting of data and, and using data to, to best effect. So as, as we've talked a couple of times already, uh, you know, we should be in Chicago right now at ProMet, but we're, we're not because the show has gone all virtual. So I thought there would be a, a good uh, inducement to, to people to listen to this podcast, if nothing else, just to give them a, a sense for, uh, from your perspective, you know, what's new in, in equipment? What, what is Raymond announcing this year, even if it's through a, a virtual uh, event kind of a thing, you know, what, what's new in forklifts over the past year or two? So the, there's been a number of things. One of the first things that um, we announced uh, recently is actually a, a name change. So our, our service and support centers are, are now, you know, solution and support centers. So okay. it, it's all about how do we deliver the solutions to the customers. Um, so that that's kind of the, the stage setting for, for what's going on. Um, I have to say that, you know, the, the ProMat DX format has caused us to rethink everything. So, it, which is really, really exciting. Um, from an overall standpoint, because we get to look at things with a new eye, uh, get to use data we never got to use before, um, and tools to, to help people understand and, and get a real grasp for what the, the equipment and, and the solutions are. So we actually have uh, six product and solution demonstrations that are, that are available online uh, with interactive video and, and all sorts of different um, tools to help you understand what's going on. We've we got a couple of uh, seminars, uh, Optimize, Connect, Automate 3.0, uh, which really talks about some of the things I've been mentioning around increasing productivity, addressing labor shortages, and reducing operator uh, density, along with optimizing the overall process and being able to visualize the process um, that you have within your facility or business. And the second one is, is solving operational challenges using data. Again, probably similar to some of the stuff I've been talking about already. Um, you know, this, the unexpected changes in demand that we see, um, you know, put enormous strains on a business and on the people and the processes and, and our profitability at the bottom line of the company. So we really are looking to see how we can mitigate, mitigate, yeah, mitigate some of the challenges they're facing, um, and also look at what is the data you have or what data should you have um, to help you visualize the, the current state of your facility and understand what it could be um, in a continuous and improvement environment. You know, how do you make things better? Um, we, you know, we have a very firm belief that 
any improvement has to be based on something that's solid. You have to continuously build that base uh, and improve that base as you go on. So just improvement projects um, are not necessarily all that useful. Um, it, this has to be a, a continuous improvement that is repeatable and sustainable um, that you can then build upon over time. All, always seems that the big theme at uh, at a ProMed show is, is at least from my perspective, is, is to look at all the disruptive technologies. They'll always talk about, you know, what's what's coming down the pike or what's here, and you should uh, really be concentrating on on staying up to date on it. So, I know Raymond does a lot on R and D. What are you concentrating on? right now and, and in the future with, with your own products? And what, what are you kind of keeping your eye on in terms of those uh, up and coming technologies? Yeah, it, it's really in many ways tied in uh, at the core. You know, the core used to be about the forklift. I think the core now is around, as we call them, iWarehouse solutions. So, you know, how do we connect all of, all of the forklifts and the operators in a fleet to, to do things better, do things more coordinated, um, you know, get them right the first time, um, increase uptime, all of the different types of things, again, that, that create a very robust uh, material handling process for our customers. You know, so we're spending, you know, a lot of time and money um, on all of the telematics related solutions and, and taking that a step further as to how you, you track uh, vehicles and, and track equipment, um, you know, how you enable operators to visualize where they should be and, and areas maybe they shouldn't go into and, and how that's all managed. Um, we also see a tie-in to energy and, and improvements that can be had through um, greener types of, of energy solutions and, and uh, very robust energy solutions like lithium ion and and the such to basically improve your bottom line uh, around a sustainability standpoint, creating a greener work environment. Um, you know, we're continuing to obviously work on automation, um, but again, it's it's built upon a process understanding at the the particular customer situation, and then applying the right levels of automation so that that process continues to improve. Again, you can see this lean management approach we, we've right. woven through all of these different steps. Um, you know, spending 10 years doing automated material handling before I came to Raymond, um, you know, I, I had a lot of, of experience around uh, what I would call automation projects, where somebody, you know, wanted a, a silver bullet to come in and and um, you know, just shake everything up and start all over again. Uh, it is very seldom um, a fully effective way to to bring automation to an to an entire organization. You know, to have all of the associates uh, and employees buy into the automation that's being applied. Everybody can understand how it's going to make their their lives better, not just um, change it. So, you know, that's really our focus on, on the automation side. And we got some really cool things 
uh, that have come out with the courier products and, and more coming behind that relative to how we help um, customers that are ready for that next level of automation uh, fully understand their processes and then implement something that's going to work the first time. I think I'd like to pick your brain just for a second. I'll, I'll be cautious and careful, <laughs> but um, just looking into your, your own crystal ball, because your, your perspective as, as being an insider with one of the major automation companies in the material handling field, the nature of a warehouse itself, how do you, how do you think that's going to evolve in, in the next few years? Do you see, um, you know, when people talking about warehouses, we, we've, we've heard a lot of different things, you know, the, the little urban warehouses, the pop-up warehouses, the, the localized warehouse, you know, the, we used to hear about the million square feet distribution centers, which are still around, of course, they're not going to go anywhere, but we're also hearing about little, you know, almost mom and pop types of warehouses. Do you see any consistency or, or is it right now kind of a, a free for all in terms of what works best to get the job done to deliver goods from point to point? Well, I think that, I think you kind of hit it, the nail right on the head there uh, relative to, you know, how do you understand reliably what is the best method to get materials from point A to point B? And, you know, more than anything to me, um, you know, the e-commerce and, and COVID changes have changed people's expectations about um, reliability of service, um, uh, that there needs to be nearly immediate feedback that, okay, you understood that I placed this order and you have set it, you're setting an expectation with me that this is when I'm going to receive this. You know, it wasn't very long ago, Dave, when both of us, you know, went so far as to just order things and put a check in the mail. And you wouldn't sometimes hear for weeks, even an order acknowledgement. Right. And, and that's kind of gone completely by the wayside. That's just not an expectation anymore. Um, you know, we're, we're into, uh, feeling like we are connected to the warehouse or connected to uh, the supplier. We, we want to know what's going on. We want to know uh, where things are. And, and if the initial expectation that's set isn't going to come true, we want to know about it right away. We don't want to wait until you know nearly the date of when it was supposed to arrive to say it's not going to be here. So I think all of those things are, are woven through of what we're going to see and the expectations there's gonna be over the next five years. So, you know, it'll be the connected warehouse. Um, you know, underneath the covers, there will be lots of predictive analytics to understand, um, you know, what's going wrong and, and the rate of change of, of uh, different types of data to better predict what the results will be. Um, I think there's going to be an awful lot of, of virtual learning and, and uh, augmented reality learning relative to helping people uh, both operate equipment as well as uh, repair equipment. Um, 
I think it's going to ultimately feel like we're getting into a nearly real-time optimization um, so that, you know, there's one of the holy grails of kind of TPS is single piece flow, you know, so that everything that you make, you make one at a time, just in a very coordinated way. I think we're going to see that relative to warehousing and distribution, that type of, of thinking and mentality. It's going to take an awful lot of, of software, but it's also going to take an awful lot of, of thinking and continuous improvement to make that happen. You know, I, I coined a phrase more than a year ago now, maybe a year and a half ago, around, uh, you know, from our standpoint, it's kind of I warehouse 5.0. Um, you know, where, where are we going to go? How are we going to get there? You know, what role does new technologies like 5G have to play in that? Um, allowing us to get better data faster and the connectivity um, is really usable. So, you know, who knows from a prognostication if a standpoint, if I'm even close to being right, but I don't think it's, we're not gonna go backwards. <laughs> I think we're, we're only gonna go forward relative to the, the achievements that we've made uh, over the last year, um, albeit for a, you know, a terrible uh, pandemic situation, but there's been a lot of improvements made uh, through necessity. Uh, those are really encouraging words that you, you just left us with there, Michael. Uh, I think no one wanted a pandemic, obviously, and it, it's hard to to convince somebody that this was a great thing, but I think that the industry has learned from uh, just the circumstances that were kind of pushed on us that the supply chain is extremely resilient and it, it does continue to get the, you know, we as an industry, we as, as a, almost the ecology of our economy, we, we just continue to find ways to make it work. Um, I guess last, I want to give you the last word is, you know, imagine that uh, you're in front of the audience at, <laughs> at ProMat, have a have a, a podium to 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 leave, um, so, you know, your, your final words behind with with uh, with people. What what do, what what should we expect to when, when we all get back together again between now and Modex uh, a year from now? I think. Modex a year from now will be a mixture of, of all of the things we're talking about. I think, um, yeah, there will be um, a lot of people interested in, in seeing um, firsthand, you know, the wonders of, of and opportunities there can be in, in um, material handling. Uh, at, at the same time, you know, I think there's an expectation that people are going to be able to use their devices to gain insights um, instantaneously. Um, you know, so it, no more will they, will they be happy to, to wait around to, to talk to, to someone. They'll be wanting to um, already have some level of understanding of, of what the, the thing they're looking at is, is doing and, and what the, the, you know, the value proposition is for that. And then want to talk to someone in a more meaningful way uh, about how that can help them for their particular circumstance. You know, so from my standpoint, um, you know, we've got a, I think a, a very good landing page that we've created for uh, uh, Promat DX, and um, there's all an awful lot of, of available information and learning there. 
you can see all of our, our different um, pieces that we've talked about, you know, the six different product launches and solution effectiveness um, that you can see through our demonstrations. Um, you might get, you know, the ability to, to hear a little bit more around Optimize Connect Automate 3.0. Uh, and then, you know, the other side of, of solving data using our um, uh, operation insights. So it's, Dave is going to be more of the same, but different. So you know, <laughs> I, I can't say that I'm, that I, that I, I'm a little saddened to not be uh, in Chicago at ProMat. At the same time, uh, it, there's so many exciting things going on and so much new technology. And, and I think so much to, to offer people um, if, if they take the time to, so dig a little deeper and, and understand um, what's available out there. Well put, Michael. We've been talking with Michael Field, the CEO and president of the Raymond Corporation, who's joined us on this podcast. Uh, although we didn't have ProMat in person this year, we're delighted that Michael joined us on our virtual visit to, to ProMat, I guess. Uh, so, Michael, thank you so much and uh, have a great rest of the year. Thank you, Dave, and be well. Thank you. You too. And that's going to wrap it up for this first episode of Supply Chain Insider. Thank you for spending some time with us today, and please join us again soon. You can find out more about the ProMat Show at our website. In fact, if you're new to us, you can discover the whole past, present, and future of warehousing, transportation, and supply chain at our website, which is mhlnews.com. For Supply Chain Insider, I'm Dave Blanchard. See you next time.